When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell, joined as always by my co-host, Marky D, Marky Davison. Mark, how's it going? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Welcome to uh, Steelers Touch Down Under, your one-stop shop for Aussie NFL Steeler news. Was that good? It was all right. It's good. Did I, did I, did I pass? Yeah, you passed. You passed. And Jay Devil's first in is always into the live chat. <clears throat> so, Marky D, um, you know, interesting week for Steelers. Um, we're getting more and more, you know, videos and cut clips and images out of um, Steelers, you know, all the, all the off-season workouts and mini camps and all these sorts of things. Um, you know, is there anything that stood out to you from this week? Uh, I wanted to talk about those helmets. And I know you have a bit of a. Uh, well, I, th- I think I, I think you'll know you have an opinion on this because to me it's kind of funny. Um, not the fact of I'm not taking away the, he- the the health safety of concussions. I appreciate that, but I don't understand why they need to wear a guardian helmet and then another helmet. Like, why do you need to wear two helmets? Why not just wear the guardian helmet if you want to have safety? Yeah, I don't really get it, to be honest. Um, don't wear the helmet at all. I mean, the I'm helmet even... in the NFL the helmet in the NFL does nothing for concussions. Um, the headgear in rugby, which is made out of the same material that you're seeing these Guardian helmets made yeah. of, out of out of the side of, it's actually been proven to like increase concussion rate because what a lot of people don't realize is that the way your neck is actually structured, the muscles in your neck and the tendons are there and designed to absorb impact. That's why most people's spine has some sort of curvature to it naturally, right? Like it's there to absorb impact. Um, so you're kind of like, I'm trying to think of a good an- analogy on this. Like, you know, you, I, I don't understand why like you're, you're putting a helmet on a helmet to try and prevent the very thing that those things don't do. Um, and maybe it's because you yeah. and I come from a country where, you know, our, you know, physical contact, you know, football or rugby is, you know, does has no helmets at all. Um, but there's a lot less concussions. So, like, I, I just think <laughs> it's just silly. It does look silly. It's, you know, theoretically silly. Yes, it helps helmet to helmet hit um, and buffers that. But just don't wear them. Like, I know that. And the problem is, the problem is, though, is I know that they do have to wear them because you want players to practice feeling what it's like with the helmet on. Guys that have the green dot, you know, the quarterback, you know, with the mic, you know, the microphone, and like you need to do all those things. But I mean, yeah, I mean, it comes back to something that, like, I personally think the NFL at some point needs to move away from the helmets altogether. But that's heresy to to most 
um, people that have grown up with the game. So it is what it is. Well, it, it is funny. I, I think with the helmet, the helmet discussion is, you know, I think it's needed for like the trench work, O-line versus D-line, where they, you know, are, are like Why? Rammed. Why? Because they're, they're essentially like the, the ram, like the animal. Like they smash into each other so fast. But and in a rugby that. scrum, you don't have a helmet. Yeah, but but if you're coming off the line like a D line or how much pressure the the pressure the weight that goes through a prop in rugby at the front of the scrum is way more than what these offense one on one offensive linemen. Yeah, but they're not they're not overly taught like taught that way like rugby. But I I just I just find it. I know. I'm just saying. I just I don't. Yeah. Why do they wear these guardian helmets when they're not even also really hitting that hard in in practice? I don't know. I understand what they're trying to do, but I think. I think there needs to be a bit more a bit more uh, research or discussion around it because there could be a possibility that they never wear the helmet. But I think that's funny because the NFL is filmed such a way that it makes the player look, you know, cool, cool. Yeah, no, it does. It you make know? you're right. It makes them look like a yeah. transformer or bigger than you know, bigger than life kind of sort of. Yeah, you know, yeah, big, yeah, bigger yeah, than I know. It's part yeah, of the image. So. And, you know, there are probably a lot of uh, gridiron goat, uh, coaches out there and, and stuff like that would say, well, no, we need it for this certain scenario or if he's going up for a ball and comes down and lands on his head. So it's interesting. But it I just found it funny. funny. <laughs> but I just, I just found it funny that, like, you're going to wear the Guardian one over the other helmet and then you're not even going to really hit each other in, in minicamp or as hard. Yeah, I, well, I think it goes back to what we're talking about there. It's simulating having the helmet on and, you know, all the rest of it. Like, I think that's really... Yeah, maybe that's what it, it it's sort of about. But I don't know. I think they look like I think <laughs> theoretically and philosophically they're silly. I think they look silly. I think the players think they look silly. But hey, you know what? It's all part of this. We talk about it a lot. Um, it's part of the NFL finding a way to stay relevant in the media, even in the most, you know, you know, even in a quiet week in the offseason for one team. You know, this puts them front and center of fans' minds. And you and I are talking about it, you know, on the other side of the world. Well, I'm, I'll talk about it any day. That's why I like doing this stuff because people actually listen, you know. No one <laughs> listens to me in real life. <laughs> this is great. Um, <laughs> anyway, an interesting comment in the, in the live chat, which we're not going to get into there. Um, but so in today's show, Mark and I are going to look at the AFC North because everything's been quite Steelers focused. We're going to look at the Steelers as well. But Mark and I are going to basically go through the AFC North um, to rank the teams um, in terms. We're going to give them a rating out of 50 um, based on five criteria. Um, their coach, the offense, the defense, the draft, and their star players. So, Mark, I think the easiest place to kick off, um, this is the Steelers podcast, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So out of 10, what rating would you give Coach Mike Tomlin? You know what? There's been a lot of hate around uh, around Coach Tomlin and you know the recent PFF uh, discussions and stuff like that. I, I'm telling you, I'm all down, man. I'm giving him ten. I, I really, ten. I'm really, yeah. I'm so done with these Tomlin haters, mate. I am that done. You are looking at a future Hall of Fame coach with Coach Tomlin, and you ha- and he's a winner, and you need to deal with it. If you don't agree with with Coach Tomlin, you need, you just need to deal with it and move on. So I'm giving him a ten. Because he's he will be in the Hall of Fame. That's okay. it. He, he, you listen to his speech the other day. He's a he's a he's a players coach. People love him, except Steelers fans. Everyone loves him except Steelers fans. It's crazy. Okay, I'm giving him a nine, right? And I wouldn't mind giving him an eight and a half, but I'll give him a nine. 
um, just because this team's never had a losing season. I mean, the reason I'm not giving him a 10 is I still think he, we haven't won a playoff game in five years. I still think there's Super Bowls in him. I want to see that happen. I think I don't want to give him a 10 now because I think he yeah, can still That's fair get enough. I'm just, I'm just making mine 10 just cause for people to finally realize. It, All right, one change I'm going eight and a half. <laughs> just, just deal with it. He's a winner. Deal with it. Move on. Like we've heard you say fire Tom went a million times. Oh, I'm not falling the fire get Tom. Over. Yeah. Get over right. it. Move on. Okay. Right. How about the offense? Well, this is this is a good one because we have a new offense. So out of ten, um, I'm gonna say seven, and that's because of that's because right. of Najee. That's because of Najee. I think we got better on the offensive line. I think we got better by uh, ben leaving and Trubisky. I think Trubisky will start. I think seven is a good right now. Seven is a good number. Yeah, see, I think this team, you know, you could look at it in some ways. I think it's got a high of eight and a half, um, contextualized across the NFL, but I think right now it's a six and a half. So I'm gonna undercut you. <laughs> also, do, do I have to write these down as well? Or are you just writing? No, no, I've, I've got them all down for us. <laughs> I them all down for us. Um, so what about the defense? Oh mate, ten. Ten. Wait, am I, should I be am I I do sound a lot biased and I don't even care. Ten. This defense the is defense amazing. Defense ten? Are you kidding with no lockdown corner? Nah, mate, I don't care. You could put you and I back. A there. middle one. Uh-oh. If you if TJ will win us games by ourselves. Alex Highsmith yeah, but, looked nah, blah, blah, blah. but we'll get there with the star players and the difference makers. So All think right. about the defense overall. There's like twenty plus defensive players. Sure you want to go All with All right, them? then nine. You put me down one point, but still, like right. this, this this defense unbelievable. I've got a seven and a half. You got really? two left, yeah, man. Um, all right, how about the draft? Ooh, okay. Uh, let's go with I like you know what's let's, let's go with seven because that kind of matches the offense what we did with the offense, right? Bring in Pickett and uh, Pickens and and Austin and those guys. So I would go seven for the draft. I thought it was overall a good draft. I'm gonna go seven and a half. I think they had a really good draft. The only person I think is going to be a, a, most likely to be a mistake is Mark Robinson. But anyway, um, he was a hard one to do a show on on War Room this week. All right. Now, here's the category called, we're going to call this difference makers. Um, it's effectively the star players. But if you think about the top five players on each team, so on the Steelers, you know, TJ Watt, Mink Fitzpatrick, Cameron Haywood, um, you know, let's say Pat Freeman's tight end or Najee Harris or however you want to, James Daniels, however you want to state it. Um, so yes, and Rhino, until you're right in the live chat, it's hard to state, you know, draft until a couple of years later, but we're going on potential. Um, but yeah, for a difference maker perspective, how about that for the Steelers? What do you see that? Because I see well, that definitely. That's a 10. That's a 10. Well, I'm going to have to say, so we're not including. Okay, I'm going to say a nine here. Then, if, if I gave the defense nine, I have to give the top five nine. players. Top five players. Yeah. So you're going to go nine. So nine, yeah. Because you, you talk about TJ Highsmith, you know Minka, all those dudes, and then I go on the offense too. Muth and Najee, like these these guys can win games by themselves, you know. And when I say that, I mean like make key plays, you know. TJ looks outstanding this year in minicamp. He's not done. He's not done. So I think we have a. Yeah, I think overall we have a good team. And yes, I'm completely biased, but I don't care. It's off season, <laughs> and I just want to go into hype it up so much. So if we, you know what, if we go into the Bengals and we beat them, I know we'll talk about that in, in the coming weeks, but that would be amazing to yet to yet again be pushed down so far, and we go and beat them. Can happen. So it's it's interesting. Um, you. <laughs> 
despite the strong start that you had <laughs> giving out ratings, you gave the Steelers overall a 41, and I gave the Steelers a 40. It's all right. It's not bad. There's improvement there. But that's that's why I think, honestly, the offseason has taken us around that around that B-plus or, you know, 40 mark, right? I really do. I think we got better in the offseason, and the Steelers have a good chance this year to compete, and, then, and they will compete. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the basket case of the NFL right oh, boy. now. The Cleveland Browns, right? Now, let's be contextual because there's some people, you know, you might not be fully aware of. I mean, everyone's got to be aware of Deshaun Watson and Miles Garrett's situation. Some of their top players, and you know, Jack Conklin and um, John Johnson and Joel Batonio, and they've got Kareem Hunt there, so they do like people that, you know, looking up the felony list. Um, Jedrick Rills, Nick Hub, Denzel Ward, Amari Cooper. They got Jacoby Brissett. I didn't realize that. Um, Jadavion Clowney's in there as well. Um, from that perspective, they they had a decent, you know, I think most people will suggest that they had a fairly decent um, draft as well. But Mark, I mean, you know, let's, let's kick it off. What do you give the rating for the Browns for coach? Well, for coaching, I have to say right now, because of the whole Deshaun Watson issue, and then depending however it goes, still bringing that guy in is, is, is turned this, like you said, a basket case for the Browns. So I'm going to have to give them like a five, uh, just just because he's part of the, the whole organization and he would have had a say to bring this in. And this so is a really... Kevin Stefanski, a five. Wow. Well, look, what, look what's happening. They don't know who their quarterback is. They've essentially brought in a quarterback with Watson who don't, who don't know who's going to play, and they don't know if, they, if they're going to play Baker. Come on, man. That, that's a big red flag. People think that we haven't got a quarterback. At least we have two options. They have two options that probably can't play. Because I don't think Baker will play for them. I think Baker's got Yeah, but that's not, on, that's not on Kevin Stefanski. He's probably you got to think of it as well. As if, what would, how would Kevin Stefanski go with, let's say, the Steelers players? You've got to separate the quote, the coach. But he's still, he's still part of the organization that makes the, the decisions and is in, in the meeting rooms and gets things done, right? So I, I just, yeah, I'm going to put on him. Because it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for him to to organize his team. Like the Cleveland, the Cleveland Super Bowl uh, Browns were thinking, "Oh, we're going to go win Super Bowl," and then this this these things happen. It's 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 a real tough situation. Tough tough for the NFL and tough for the Browns right now with Watson. What he's going through, he may be charged. He may miss time. Yeah, and they essentially Stefanski though. I don't. I don't. You know what? People would still put on Tomlin. They Correct. Would still put on... Correct. <laughs> but do you want to yourself to that standard? I'm just I'm just saying what it is. They'll put they put it on Tom 100. percent So right. when 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 push them to shove at the first the, the first few games, who's going to wear the, the the blame? The coach. You know, you know <laughs> Ali comes up in the live chat and says we're witnessing the beginning of the 30 for 30 Josh Jobs Hall of Fame story, not the demise. I would of that would be great. I I used to like oh, Jobs. That'd be fantastic. But that's right. what I'm saying. They haven't got a quarterback, and people say we Steelers haven't got a quarterback. The Browns have are in big trouble. So okay, so I, I'm going to give them a six and a half. Then I'm going to give them a six. Give them a six because I think Stefanski can coach. All right. Well, I think you've t- tipped off your hat about the offense. <laughs> um, what rating are you giving the offense? Well, I have to go very similar. I'll, I'll probably give a six because I do like you know uh, uh, Nick Chubb in the running game and and um, some of their players like that. But I've, this this whole thing with Watson is overshadowed the Browns and you don't know who the quarterback is. And we are still what three going to mini camp training camp and Baker didn't show up. So what, off, what offense do they have? It's quarterback driven league. I'll go six. I'm going four and a half. Why is that? 
I, the only points I'm giving to them are running back position. They have no quarterback right now, as you rightly said. They they're wide receivers. They went out and that's got. True. I think Bell from Purdue could be an interesting guy as a draft pick, but you know that's more for the draft side of things. They went out and got Amari Cooper, who I think's past right. his best, and he's not going to do anything with no quarterback. So that's that's dumb. I also think, you know, from a tight end perspective, they've overpaid. You know, the money they're spending on David and Joku is just absolutely like, like. I think um, Ryan said they should win the and Ryan O'Toole in the live chat said they should win the Darwin Award for this offseason. I mean, it's one thing to have the the Watson fiasco, but to back that up with the fiasco that is David and Joku's contract. I mean, honestly, you know the Browns are fa favorite to win the division. Browns are favorite to win the division right now in in the Australian Australian gambling markets. <laughs> I don't know how. I'm gonna all right after this. I'm gonna put it down. <laughs> um, against that. Um, all right, how about their how about their defense? Defensively, um, well, who are the who are the standout players? You got like Miles Miles Garrett. I guess he's he's up there. And they keep Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, uh, John Johnson's a good safety in this I like league. Their, I like their their cornerback. Greg Newsom, I, like I think, is a cornerback that if they give him a chance to develop. Grant Delpit, when he's on the um, field, can do stuff. Anthony Walker Jr. is underrated at you know, middle linebacker. Um, I'll, I'll give them. I'll give them six. I'll give them six because I think they got a good pass rush. But it's it's they always compare Miles Garrett to TJ Watt, right? And mm -hmm. TJ Watt's like times ten. But I do like the I do like the secondary and the cornerbacks as well. I think Ward's a good player. I give them a six and a half. Yeah, yeah. and plus they've got um you know JOK as well, and he was starting to come on before his injury last year too. So we'll give him that one. All right. What's the what's the next uh, category? Is it the uh... Draft is it? Here's the hard part, though. I don't really watch the the, <laughs> the brown stuff. Um, I'm not even sure you know a lot more than I do with with the draft. Yeah. So can you hear me? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're here. You're here. Yeah. I just muted me. I hate streaming. I'd, um. Um. Probably get kicked off now. The AI will kick me out. <laughs> In these days. Um, it's really weird. I was just like, I'm on mute. I didn't even do anything. Um, so yeah, on the draft side of things, look, the Cleveland Browns draft, I'll give like some of their rookies right now. Um, you know, Sean Jolly, cornerback out of Appalachian State. Um, they have David Bell there, as I mentioned earlier, from Purdue. Uh, they've got a couple of like they didn't really get any massive names. Um That's what I was gonna say. There's no names that I can see, and that's this name is Purdue, really. Right. I'm going to give a five because I don't see any names that I know that, that I even researched. And I didn't really watch the draft too much. So I don't see any names. So. Well, I'm giving them a five. I'm giving them a five and a half um, because, you know, we do talk about draft picks unproven. Oh, they've got Martin Emerson as well, the cornerback out of Mississippi State. But again, it's not like, oh my God. Um, I'm a five and a half because I think they're the worst draft class of all the AFC North. So they don't deserve to win any points there. Um, all right. Well, how about the difference makers and the stars? Because right difference now they've got maker. a guy making a difference. It's just not on the field. Yeah, let's give him all the money and all, and then everything else is happening. Um, difference maker. I, I the one player I do like, which was a stealer, was is probably Nick Chubb. I think he's a fantastic running back. So I think he's a difference maker. That's one. Uh, like you said, Amari Cooper receiver. Not too sure. Uh, and Ninjoku maybe, but on the on the defense, I don't really. I just, I don't know with this team. I'm going to say five just to be mediocre because I do like Nick Chubb. I think he's a great running back and he can change the game. 
right? And if you have a good offensive line and, 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 and up forward push, then for sure. But other than that, there's just so, like, I still can't, there's so much controversy going around this team. It's hard to focus on football. And that is a bad thing during the offseason. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'm in the six because there's like Miles Garrett. You've got guys like Denzel Ward. I think Greg Newsom's going to be a good player in this league. Um, but it's, it's a reluctant one. You know, like go Browns, go Browns. <laughs> <laughs> They're in trouble, man. They're in some big trouble. I think uh, they got to sort some things out over the next. Did you, did you give them a five? You have them a five. Yeah, you? five will five will do. All right. So I overall have them at a twenty-seven and a half. <laughs> I love bagging out the Browns. No, less than that. Yeah, no, twenty-seven and a half. I'm right. And you have them at 26 and a half. And that's about right, I would say, in the offseason with what's, what is happening right now. They're not focusing on the actual game or football. We're focused on everything that is around it. And, then, and there could be a possibility that Watson may be suspended for a long time. Mate, he's it was not playing this season. year. Come on. Well, there you go. That, that's, and that's the problem where they're at, uh, under half. Like, we're, not, we're not focusing on the, on the Cleveland Browns football. That's it. All right. So let's go to the Cincinnati Bengals right now, Mark. Mark, I'll be easy. I'll, I'll be. Just, I'll be just, honest. I'll be honest. All right. Okay. Good. I mean, like a fair, fair play. We're not now, real honest, of, but yeah, you know, what I'm saying I'll be. I'll be like <laughs> some of their top players are Trey Hendrickson, DJ Rito, who's a good signing for them, Jesse Bates, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, Joey Burrow, um, Jamar Chase, obviously, um, Wuze, Jonah Williams. Um, Mike Hilton, um, Hayden Hurst, um, Jermaine Pratt. I mean, T. Higgins is a great player for them. They drafted Daxton Hill. Um, Trey Flowers is in there as well. That's a, I would, and I've got the Joseph Osai, who's the next um, Longhorns player. It looked good in preseason and then got injured. Um, so it was unfortunate. I think he got injured um, sacking Tom Brady. I think it was off the top of my head. Um, but there's the Cincinnati Bengals there. Um, from a overall roster perspective, and we'll talk more about the draft guys when we get to the draft sort of section. Mm. What do you give that? That's some of their star players, but what do you give the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of their coach, Zach Taylor? Because I'd have to get pretty good right he's now. Had a pretty good start. I tell you, he's doing some good things in uh, Bengal land. I have to give him about probably an eight. I give him an eight because he <laughs> exactly made what it. I gave him. He made it through the playoffs, right? And he got him to the AFC Championship game. Yes, they lost the Super Bowl, but he's turned this organization around as much as we like to, you know, uh, discourage that. But he has. He's done some really good things for this Bengal team. He has given hope again to Cincinnati. So, and he has a young roster as well, a young, talented roster. So I'd have to give him an eight. And also, yeah. Pro Football Focus gave him like 25 or something. Like, they're joking. The guy just made it to a Super Bowl. So... You have to give him, you know, props to that. Yes, they lost it, and I'm so thankful they did, the 0-3, but he's a good coach, man. I gave him a seven and a half because I, I Mike Tomlin is an eight and a half, and I'm knocking off half a point for two Super Bowls or one Super Bowl and like, you know, a, a, you know, a, and well, two Super Bowls, but like one 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 winning one win in the Super Bowl. Um, all right, how about the offense for the Bengals? Pretty good. It's pretty not you already good. know it's pretty good. Joe Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, uh, T Higgins. Who's yeah? Who's the other receiver they got? Uh, Tyler Boyd. Three great receivers. Like they're seventh a, in the yeah, out of thirty-two for points last year. 
they're probably like the top three receivers in the in the NFL. Like they're pretty high up there. Jamar Chase second year. I'd have to give them almost like a nine. I can't give them a ten. Wouldn't I give them a ten? Wow. Well, I'll give them okay. a nine. The offense offensive line looks pretty stacked, and I like Joe Burrow. He's just killed it too. And also, like you know, young Joe Mixon. I think they have a good. They're going to be hard to stop. They're a pretty solid team when you think about it. Uh, and like yeah, I said, a young head coach. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing is is Jamar Chase in second year. We and like you said, we haven't got a lockdown corner, so that would be troublesome. So it's going to be hard for the Steelers to stop these guys. But they're a good side. As much as I hate to say it. Yeah, I, I look. I think they're a nine as well. I think that's a fair. I would want to give them a nine and a half, but I like. I think it's fair for us to go right. Well, we got to see how this O line gels for them. But I mean, the addition of you know Lael Collins, you know, is massive for them on that offensive line. You know, they draft. I'll get to the draft guys, but they drafted a player that I think is very helpful in the offensive line. So yeah, I'll give them a nine as well. All right. How about we flip the script over to the defense? How? What are your thoughts there around defense, the defense? Defense, defense is like their front. Their their front line is good too. I like my guy. You know, Mike Hilton. I like their secondary Bates and Bell. Uh even Eli, Eli Apple. What's his name? Choo, choo, I can't remember. A woozy was it? A woozy. A woozy. He's cool. Man, I have to give them a nine as well. I think they got a good defense. They're a good team. Like they're not. They're not a bad team. They're, 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 they're kind of like, I think we want the Steelers to be <laughs> you know? like so young, fired up and ready to play. And they, and they have this new life about them, but that's, what's going to be even better when we go and beat them. And so. and look, someone live chat talks about, you know, wanting to talk about the Steelers. We are talking about the Steelers in a roundabout way. Um, we'll be back there. We've already almost through the third or fourth teams. And one of the teams was the Steelers. So we'll get back there. Um, well, it's but, it's all impactful because you versus these we versus these teams. You think about 100%. it. We verse, it's six games a year. That's six out of seventeen. That's quite a lot of chunk of um of uh, football that we need to face these teams. And the Steelers went out and beat the Ravens what twice and and Browns twice, and we got swept. We went four and two. Also, so it's not bad. Not, yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, I'm not going to be an idiot like Andrew Filipponi and like come out and say Kenny Pickett is the best player ever. Off a few images, like I'm sorry, I'm just not going to do that. I, I care about what happens in the NFL field, like with proper play. Um, but yeah, on the defensive side, I it's hard. I thought that defense overplayed last year, to be honest. But then they had, you know, Joseph Asai out, who I think was going to make real impact for them. They went and drafted Daxton Hill, who basically means that they can play a left and right safety instead of having to do strong and free safety if they want to. Cam Taylor Britt is a guy they drafted, um, and I get that in the draft part. But he's he is a brutal hitter at the cornerback position. Like the defense is technically better. I'm going to give them an eight because I, you know, I do think they've filled some needs there. But I am doing that on, with faith that a um, a guy like Trey um, Hendrickson can continue to get to the quarterback because he had a terrific year last year. He was he was awesome. They're a tough side, man. They're going to be hard to beat. All right, so you had them at an eight, didn't you? Uh, I think so, eight or nine. I can't remember. Yeah. Nine, you had them at nine. That's right. Nine. Almost. Um, all right, how about the draft class? Um, well, now, not my, not my strongest suits. So you might have to walk me through this one because I didn't really watch too much. The only guy I know was Daxon Hill because a few of the BTSC guys talked about him at safety. So yeah. that may help. But other than that, I don't really know who they brought in. Yeah, so, I mean, he's probably the, the biggest guy Um you know, Daxton Hill in terms of, you know, the, the pick there taken first, you know, obviously he was their first round draft pick. 
Otherwise, they got guys. I think, as I say, Cam Taylor Britt's probably the biggest one to really note um, from that perspective. I mean, Zachary Carter, the defensive end that they got in the third round um, out of Florida, I think he's a guy that's got to develop, but he's someone that you're looking for in a few years on. Um, Tyson Anderson in the fifth round is an interesting sort of safety-style player out of Toledo, so it'll be interesting to see what he um, can bring bring to them as well. Um, but other guys, you know, are pretty – they brought in a lot of, you know, undrafted, um, you know, free agents as well. So there, there are definitely guys that could appear for them. But I think they've got a young enough roster that, like, they're the sort of team that can take flyers on more than half the picks, <clears> and they really just need to pull out one or two really good players. And I think they're going to get that in Daxton Hill and Cam Taylor-Britt. Well – in saying that, so that they they improve the secondary, so I'm, I would give them a six just because. But my number is skewed because I don't really know too much about the draft, so I'll give them a six for this. Um, that can be a, a tiny cheap shot at them, but if they got to yeah, if they improve the secondary, it's a, it's a, it is a scary. Like I said it last year, young and just crazy team. They're, they're fed up and they want to win, but they didn't win Super Bowl. But we'll see. It's they've got to be a hard team to beat. Give them a six right now. Yeah, awesome. Um, I gave them a six as well because I think they've only got two players that I can see being decent starters in the NFL. And I think, you know, if they have three, then I'd, you know, be able to bump them up a bit more than that. So that's where I sat from that perspective. All right. Well, how about difference makers on this team? Do you give a rating for their difference makers? It has to be another high one, unfortunately. I think it has to be about maybe a nine. Just you look at what they did in the playoffs last year. Even even through through the adversity of like getting sacked seven times, Joe Burrow played really well. Uh, Jamar Chase had an outstanding season, and their second and third receivers are great. Um, defensively, you know, we talked about the secondary too; they're up there, and it's just some of their some of their players are just, yeah, I don't know where it's come from. And maybe it is a coaching change, or it is from being bottom of the barrel for so many years, and they got all the picks, and they got, you know, they can build around a young quarterback who's not getting paid right now. So I'm going to say nine. I, I think they're just a, a pretty outstanding team. It hurts yeah, me to I, that. I, I, it hurts me to, like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> it hurts me to hear it. Um, <laughs> I can't quite give them a 10. I So I part of me says give them a nine and a half. It's just that Trey Hendrickson, I need to see one more year of him doing that pass rush. And I think I need to see even, this is going to surprise some people, but a bit more for Jesse Bates. But I think Daxton Hill is going to allow him to do it. I'm going to go a nine, but... It's it's hard for me to not give them a ten, to be honest. It, but even even their even their linebackers too. Uh, I think it's Jermaine Pratt. I watched a little bit last year. Like he's pretty solid. Like he's a pretty fired up linebacker. It just seems they're all like that. That, that the attitude right now. They're all buying in. You know, they're all ready to buy in. Where in years past, the Bengals were just a, a team we could knock over so easily, so easily, and we beat them eleven times in a row. Now it seems like they have a bit of. Something a bit, bit of physicality and something about them because they went out and stomped the Steelers twenty-seven to whatever we lost to. I was like, "Oh my!" This and they beat us now three times in a row. So, yeah, they, they, they. they I think if the points add up, they're probably leading, right? They'd be be above the Steelers, I think. So this is interesting. You gave them a forty-one, and I gave them a forty-one and a half. Right. Um, we had the Steelers at. I had them at 40 and you had them at 41. So you've given okay. them equal footing to the Steelers. So this is good because this, say, especially going into the Ravens team, um, you know, this is quite interesting because where we're rating these Steelers, I think, you know, the hypothesis, you know, I'm going to give you the spoiler. Mark and I, 
if you listen to us, you know that we're high on this Steelers team. I think the Steelers team probably will win the AFC North. And when you actually go through roster and the key and some of these key things, even at a high level, you start to see things even out. But I'm looking forward to getting to the to the Ravens here, who I think are you Ravens know, is a is a, an interesting one. Because even even, right. where they, even where they ended last year, they ended last year with six games losing in a row, and they ended fourth in the division, eight and nine. And, and Lamar was hurt, and now they had you know I know we're getting to the draft, had a pretty good draft, yeah. And they're well coached, even though we all don't like Wayne Harbs, but this could be one of those seasons where it's a bounce back year. I don't know because of how they fell down so far. All right, well, let's start off with Wayne Harbs. And I, I was thinking about this as I was planning out some of the, the idea of scoring this. Like, it, it, it sucks to have to rate <clears throat> Wayne Harbs. What, what rating are you going to give Wayne? I'm just I'm just going to say this, right? So there was a lot of flack with, you know, Mike Tomlin being one of the worst coaches, or still is, right? Where's the fire at Wayne Harbs crew? Because if you think about it, if he's ranked the higher... Fourth downs? Want... Can you imagine if we were doing the stuff he was doing on fourth down? Can you imagine Tomlin but... would be like... <laughs> But he was he's ranked higher, and I think people appreciate him more as a coach, right? He, he's up there. I'm I'm going to give him a seven because I just don't like overall his attitude because he is so smuggy. He goes out there and wins preseason games like they're real games. But the reality of the situation is too, the Steelers have beaten the Ravens four times in a row, right? How come Mike Tomlin doesn't get credit for that? If you want to talk about the Steelers, how come Mike Tomlin does not get credit for that beating beating one of the best coaches that is John Harbaugh, right? And so I'm going to give him a, give him a seven because they do have a well. He's a well coached, uh, you know, guy. But there, there could be as you know, once he lost the quarterback, it was all over. And I called it last year. I told you. I told you they wouldn't win another game. They didn't win another game. I was got six in a row. Yeah, I look. I think he's he's obviously had success. He's got a Super Bowl win right now. I think sometimes it's overstated. You know, when you've got a Super Bowl win, like. You know, it completely changes. You know, some people's, you know, perception of a coach. But John John Harbaugh has been pretty successful for the Ravens. I mean, two hundred thirty seven wins from two hundred twenty five games. That's above sixty percent win rate. You know, that's that's pretty good. Now, but it's not Mike Tomlin's one hundred fifty four wins from two hundred forty one games for an overall, you know, almost sixty five percent, you know, win rate. So I I think this is the difference, right? Um, you know, they do have the one shared Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, Mike Tomlin's got an AFC championship on there on top. Um, Mike Tomlin's also, you know, had some much harder much harder years, I think, in terms of what's going on in this roster and, you know, all the rest of it. So, I mean, this is the difference. I, I think I've got to give him a seven as well, just on the basis of things. But, um, you well, know, I, but, I, I cut off one some point people might think I don't, like him. Yeah. I don't like him either. I think he's, like, <laughs> he's a wang. That's why I cut off one point. It could be an eight, but I cut off one just to, you know, check his ego. But honestly, why do you go out and try and win preseason games? They've won the stat is they've won 19 in a row. No one cares. Yeah, but I get I also get the mentality of winning all the time. Like, you know, I guess that I guess and, yes. and winning guess. is contagious and true. You know, you and I hate that the Steelers never rack up a score. It's that a is little true. bit of the same. And, and they do, and the Ravens are like they will score until the till the clock's got at zero. You know, so that's 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 the way he coaches them. Maybe that's why he's successful because he doesn't care. He's ruthless. That's it. That's it. Um, so, looking at it from that perspective, then let's move on to the the offense. What are you going to give this offense? Well, you have to start with uh, Lamar Jackson. I do. I do like what he does, and we'll talk about him in the difference makers. Uh, running game is quite good. I do like the the they if they can run the ball, they are fantastic. 
Um, Receiver-wise, though, they don't have too many receivers, do they? But they have to- have a tight end that he can throw it to. So if Lamar can if Lamar can start to pass the ball and actually get receptions, they're solid. So I'm going to give them an eight uh, right now, just because based on what Lamar is, is crazy. Because if it breaks down, he runs away. There's a touchdown. It's just so hard to catch him. Yeah, I'm giving them. I want to give them a six and a half. I'll respect Lamar's MVP and give them a seven. Um, But actually, no, I'm going to go six and a half. I think the Steelers. I think exactly what's said in the live chat. Like Steelers have got him figured out. That's why I think you even keep Devin Bush. I think Devin Bush has figured him out, which is a weird thing to say. They got nothing if this doesn't work. Um, If Lamar can't, if Lamar can't run these games at all, like to get away, who's who's going to pass to? Exactly. But what I would say, which is a little bit concerning, is they got, they did it very odd. Like everyone talks about their draft. Now they had multiple third and fourth round picks going into the draft, but they drafted two Titans in um, Otten in Austin. Really? And yeah, they drafted two. I just want to pull up, I want to get the names exactly right. So they dra- <clears throat> I know they drafted Otten and oh. they got him later than what they thought they were going to get him. They got Ch- Charlie And they Colbert. got Charlie Cola, right? Um, yeah. Now, no, maybe they didn't. No, sorry, I didn't get Otten. That was England's on the team. And they got Isaiah Likely and Colbert. Now, Isaiah Likely was meant to, most people thought he'd be taken end of the second, you know, somewhere to mid third, right? They picked Kolar instead, who I think is probably a bit better blocking going into the league at the 128th pick. And then they doubled down in the 139th pick and picked Isaiah Likely. And I think that is going to be a really turn out to be a really big win for them. Um, so if they so can, they don't want to use the receivers but, at all, they're just going to but, go but, with. It. But you think they're going to be able to basically like just line up with tight ends and offensive yeah. linemen, and like, are they blocking or are two of them going to go down? Like, because Isaiah likely as well, if he can, if they he can prove that he can block, guy like a, a Ben Mason or a Patrick Ricard in there as well. Like, they are they are going to be brutal. Like, like, and this is the thing. I hope the Steelers have fi- actually figured this out and we do get bounced back from Miles Jack and Devin Bush. If we do, I think we can shut this thing down completely. If we don't, we might have a problem. It also is really helpful to have Kate Kazee in now where we can bring Terrell Edmonds into the box. Um, but the thing for me is, and someone alluded into the live chat earlier, there's a disconnect here between Lamar and the Ravens, Right. And Lamar's his own agent, and I don't know what the hell is going on in his head. And push comes to shove if you want to do, do like, you want to throw the football and you get into, like, a, a shootout. I don't think he can do it in this league. So I'm, yeah, like, I, I think it's a really interesting situation with their offense. Well, it'd be cool to see because if you you can line up, I think the formation allows this. You can line up three tight ends, can't you? Correct, if, yeah. If you have a one-back set. In certain, certain yeah. formations, you can do that, so... If that's to do with running the football or Lamar, you know, passing through those three tight ends and having a one receiver, um, that's like old school kind of football, isn't it? Like, uh, you know, hand in the dirt oh, and yeah. run down. So that would be, and they they often use their fullback and and two and uh, two back sets as well. So maybe that's what they're they're looking towards and not going the five wide or four wide because they got rid of Hollywood Brown went didn't he? So you know, and who's he gonna, who's going to pass to? So uh, that's intriguing. I don't I don't really know. It's a different way to watch football with the Ravens. It's going to be some weird things. Um, all right. How about them on the defensive side of things? Now, obviously, they got, you know, guys like, you know, your Travis Joneses and, you know, they've got, you know, Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters and, you know, Michael Pierce and, and all these sorts of players. Um, what do you think about this defense? 
I have to give them straight away uh, a seven, right? I, I do want to see what they can do this year. It's not the old defense of, of past, but it's always that Raven mentality. A bit like the Steelers or what we're going through, some of the new guys, and but still that physicality. So um, I'll give them a seven because I still find it a bit funny how they have they, they did lose six games in a row. So how do you get over that, that milestone? But uh, Calais Campbell, he's getting up in age, right? He's up there, defensive end. So he's a big, he's a big unit, though. Uh, Derek Wolf, he's what from Denver a few years ago. So, and Queen, the linebacker, they they're pretty fast. They look, man, the AFC North is like crazy. Like we're crazy going to be physical. So it will be it will be, if if the offense can't move the ball, if they mm. go three and out. That will be different. If they can move the ball by running those tight ends and, and those formations where the running game gets gets flowing, oh, then it's then it's different. If you keep that Raven deep, because they're going to play if they can play within front like by ten points, thirteen points then the defense can control and be hard to come back. Yeah, I think um, I'm giving them a eight and a half, um, but I, this is a team that could be like nine and a half, ten. I mean, the way that they've drafted, I mean, I hate falling into that because it's potential, it's on paper, but there's just some of the additions that they've made. Um, you know, you talk about a guy like a Patrick Queen, um, mm-hmm. you know, they've got, um, um, who's the guy out of Penn State? Um, changed his name um, last year. Um, Change his name? You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was his? Ode Wafe or whatever it is. Um, I what was his name before? Uh, man, you got me. I haven't had my morning coffee. We jumped on the show too <laughs> early. Like, um, um, anyway, the point being is they've got some good guys there um, that I think can develop. How about the um? How about the draft side of things? What, how do you think that? Well, this is something you know we looked into before because we looked into that you know uh, Kyle Kyle Hamilton at safety. Yeah, Kyle so Hamilton. They yeah. got him at number one. Uh, that is, is along with that secondary too, because Marcus Peters, those guys, they're crazy. So um, bringing him into the Ravens and him being a Raven like former like Ed Reed. I'm not saying he will be Ed Reed, but you know that mentality. Uh, that'll be fun to watch. Um, who's the other bloke? The one, the other big name that came up. Uh, no, I'm not falling into that trap. That's not a good word. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tyler yeah. Linderbaum. Travis yeah, Linderbaum, Jones. right? Yeah, he 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 um he signed as a, as their center. So all these big names that kind of went to them. Uh, Daniel Falele, that that's the big dude at six foot six. The Australian. Daniel Falele. It's yeah, like they just got like the biggest dudes that they call the most big names, and we'll see what can happen because the Ravens are. Uh, I would say, you know, John Harbaugh is a bit angry for being for, for what he came fourth in the division. And now also with this stuff too, because they, they play the easier teams that came in there, their fourth. So, yeah, um, I thought they had a pretty good draft overall. It's interesting. Um, I can't find Philele on any of the – they've not listed him. He must be at sign his deal. Um, cool. All right. Well, I gave, them an, I gave them a nine. So you gave them an eight. Is that what you said, sir? Yeah, I think so. I think eight, eight yeah. would have. Yeah. All right. How about the difference makers and the stars? Stars, of course, are going to be uh, Lamar Jackson. But then what do they do with the tight ends? Like you said, with the three tight end sets, are they going to be stars or just the, is the whole game plan going to be a star? You know what I'm saying? So overall, I think it really depends because this 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 whole team is built around Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Then once he went down, they lost all the games, like I said. And this, so this has to be probably like an eight. I, I think an eight overall. I'm going to give this to them a seven. Right. Because I don't believe in Lamar. I believe in some of the other players. Um, <clears throat> I really would like to give them a six, but I'll respect what's there on paper. We should give them, we should give them a one. 
Because they always <laughs> have these names. Everyone goes, oh, look who the Ravens have, you know? Where's the Super Bowl? Where's the Super Bowl to prove it? Where are the wins? Where are the, you know, AFC North title? Like, it just never seems to work. And, like, the other thing about all this size, right? We just talked for how long? Five minutes about helmets. You can have the biggest players, right? But if you guys are smacking the hell out of each other, like, at training, and you do need to do that to be battle-hunted. I'm not I'm, I'm all for that. But, like, you're constantly doing everything with all these massively big and strong guys. That takes its toll with fatigue. Like, I, I would love to know how they manage it. And, it. and it clearly does because of the injuries that they have. So, like, I give them a seven. I probably more want to give them a six. So, Mark, I can tell you right now that that gives you an overall score of 38 for the Ravens. Right. Um, and for me, I've got 14, 6, 23, 29 and a half. 30, I've got a 38, so we both have the same score. It's but it makes sense though. Like with, with all the four times four teams we talked about, and everyone's counting at the Steelers, but we have them all around the same, around the same level, except the Browns, because the Browns are going through a really weird situation. However, you look at it. But you know the interesting thing when you look at this statistically. So you and I had the 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 Steelers at 40 and 41, right? Then we had the Browns at 40, as well, can't count the Browns out. We had the Bengals at 41 and 41 and a half. And then we've now done the Ravens at 38 each, right? Right. And so, <laughs> but interestingly, we're further away from thinking the Steelers are at the Ravens level. And you and I are much closer statistically to seeing that we're at the, at the Bengals level. And I think what's interesting about that too, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. The Bengals are a much younger team, whereas we've got players that are proven performers year in, year out. And so... You know, this is what I always find about odds when you're betting and you think about an experienced coach like a Mike Tomlin. You sort of sit there, even if we don't win the division, it's like we should make the playoffs. Like on paper, we have the proven performance and that's what you want to back. Don't back assumptions of what could happen. Back what the evidence and the data that you've seen earlier that actually I'll, leads you to... The, I'll put it that, to you this way. All, all probability suggests you're going to be able to back that up again. Put it to you this way. I reckon the Bengals are still, yeah, young and angry and really want to go after it. And so they have a good high chance to go there. I think the Ravens, um, you know, their coach, you know, like you said, makes their makes them run into brick walls and they're almost like that, you know, just uh, machine and like, you know, like just, I don't know. It just seems like they're always in it because they are coached quite well and they're coached to, yeah. you know, just go and hit someone as hard as you can and, and play the Raven, the Raven way. And they are a physical team. Uh, the Browns are going through a funny situation. However, you see it, it's weird. It's not it's football side. No one's talking about football. They can come out and surprise, but I don't, I don't see that. And the Steelers are the underdog, but we do have those those veteran guys. So um, it will be interesting. Now, I would hate to see the Steelers lose to the Bengals and the Ravens because then I'd be like, well, then we're then we're worse, aren't we? We're, we're the worst. We're the third team out of those three. But the Ravens won't go away. They won't go away. But nor will the Steelers. The Steelers won't go away either. So. But a lot of people are counting out the Steelers this year like they're nothing. But we play out, we play our way, and that is to go and win games. And Coach Tomlin will do that this year. Yeah, I I, I think it's <clears> it. And it, it, it's this the thing that the Steelers have going for them is continuity and getting down to business. Now that might be an odd thing for me to say in the offseason that's had the biggest upheaval with no franchise like with the franchise quarterback leaving. But it feels you know, better. Colbert right? leaving, you know, and some of the people on defense leaving, like, you know, Keith Butler and that. But it does feel better. I do feel more pumped <laughs> up about this team. I do feel I rejuvenated. Why. But it's not it's not right. rejuvenated to the point of what the Bengals have experienced. 
right? No, not at all. But we've done it, as you said, Mark, we've done it in the steel away. And that was the point that we wanted to go through in this show. I mean, it's a big deal to go through the AFC North in a way like this through the show. But Mark and I, you know, have been thinking about a lot of these things for a while. And we've been talking, you know, to each other about where this constant status of where the Steelers sit in the AFC North. And, you know, no matter what the doubters say, and obviously if you're listening to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com um, or the Behind the Steel Curtain Family podcast, you know, your nonstop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, you are a diehard Steeler fan. But, you know, we all have to have a sense, of, you know, a, a level of sensibility about us. But when you stack things up sensibly, it, it does make sense that the Steelers are going to be up there and the Bengals are going to have a tough job beating the Steelers and taking the AFC North. I, I would be shocked if if they just got beat by 30. Like, I really would. I'd be, like, puzzled how it even happens. If if they lose the Bengals by 30 or whatever, you know, or they, they do submit to the, the fear narrative of, like, we are the worst team. Because they did. This offseason has felt rejuvenated, like you said. We have gotten better. We have. It just, it's, just, it's just a reality situation. Najee is out there looking at his iPad like he wants to go out and win. And the team is so relaxed. Like, so, like not relaxed, but more confident. Um, Muth and Gentry mucking around. Cameron Haywood's mucking around. Minkas get mucking around. You know what? They look like they're enjoying football. Exactly. And I'm I'm not sure. I might be controversial. I'm not sure they've enjoyed it the last few years. They do. That is. Like, you can't tell me 2019 was an enjoyable year. Like, with with defense having to overplay because of Duck and Mason, and you had the Browns incident. And then in 2020, you know, yes, you had everyone, you know, hyping into Ben bouncing back, but, you know, there were still some issues there in terms of, you know, it just bottomed out at the end. And you could see that. You could see that train coming to a halt you know, as the season went on. And then saw- last year was like, you know, they're all playing for Ben, but that takes an emotional toll, nice. you know, right? We've kind of wiped all that, that the whiteboard clear kind of thing for the last three years. And as you, you say it, Mark, it's like, you know, injection, the fresh talent, rejuvenation. And it, you're right, it feels good. It feels fun. Same, and even with with Coach Tomlin as well, with the helmet on his head, and then relax, and but he has like, an, like this new team and this new, you know, not a, not really an overall new team. Like you said, the Bengals struggled for so many years to get their team, but we had the Steelers now with TJ and Cameron and those veteran leaders and Minka. Think about Minka on the side with with an all pro safety. This team will be something this year. Just depends if they they show up, and I think they, they are relaxed. They're confident. They're ready to go this year. And that is a big deal for Big Ben leaving and, and just moving on from that. And even of also a new uh, general manager. Like, it's it's just so exciting this season. I think we can go out there. And everyone everyone's saying we can't win. That's a, Well, uh, we can. And here we go. Here we go. So <laughs> that wraps up this week's Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Matty Peverell, joined as always by my co-host, Marky D, Marky Davison. Go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.